Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 59. And so this time we're going to uh, go over a, an episode for our Metatalk series where we kind of talk about uh, concepts outside of the game that relate to the game. And this time it's going to be initiative. So we're talking about taking first turn or taking second turn, what sort of circumstances dictate that choice, is there a typical correct choice? Does that change based on you know, table or faction or other things along those lines? And hopefully get your guys' thoughts about that as well. And before we get into that, though, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mo Games, uh, Mythics Online Emporium. They are an online retailer for Infinity, uh, their website at mo-games.com. And part of their sponsorship of the show is that they give us a 10% discount code to all of our patrons. You guys can find that on our Patreon page. Uh, that has since been tagged, so it's easier to find. And in addition, we raffle off a $40 coupon code every month for members of our Discord. And you don't have to be a patron in order to qualify for that. So feel free to jump on our Discord, say hi, uh, kind of participate in conversations, and you're entered to win just by doing that. So what's better than games? O games. And so on today's episode, we have Azoka, Ian, and myself. And so let's check in real quick. What have you been up to in the world of Infinity or otherwise, really, uh, Azoka? So I'm just still riding that grind of vanilla Pano. I'm finding some stuff that works, some stuff that doesn't. Um, really finding that if I want to play vanilla Pano, I have to play a DAG. Uh, or at least that's where I feel. Comfortable in in the situation, um, just because really, you need a heavy attack piece, or that it kind of anchors your line, or something else. It's anchoring the line and being a heavy attack piece. Because what I've noticed in Vanilla Pano is you, when I talk to people about building lists, and I don't include uh, what they like to call the apex predator type of gunfighter that you would expect from Vanilla Pano or Pano sure. in general, uh, they're surprised. They're like, oh, you got to put in, like, you know, what comes to mind, the Carhu and mm-hmm. Guard HMG or, you know, the Aquila Guard HMG, for example, just to name, name a few. And sure. then I've played with them, and they have performed so bad. Where <laughs> And, like, usually it, when I play Onyx and the like, I'll have a Dr. Worm. And mm-hmm. I'll be able to recover from the poor plays that they've made. You know, just like b- b- bad rolls or like 50-50 shots that I'm taking where 50-50, if I win, that gets me in a good spot. And then if I lose, it kind of, you know, hurts mm-hmm. my guys where I could recover from those. But Pano ain't known for their doctors <laughs> and not necessarily true. even their <laughs> engineers, but yeah. having an engineer and being able to use them on a remote presence tag is pretty good. So I've kind of kind of found that the tags allow for more breathing room of mistakes and and are hardier. Sure. Kind of gives you some some buffer against bad luck. Yes. I gotcha. Makes sense to me. And what about you, Ian? What have you been up to lately? Well, we just finished up your uh, Excalation League. And so that was fun. Had some good games there. Uh, Still exploring foreign company. So. Been doing reasonably all right with that and having a lot of ridiculous fun exploring the hacking game and taking people's tags yeah. away from them and stuff like that. <laughs> Talk so, about yeah. tags. I love yeah. that. I love what you're running for. It makes me so happy. Yeah, I, I have run, been running an iguana in almost every list and people always look at like, wait, what? Why are you running that? And it's like, well, here's my mobile repeater with ECM against hacking that walks around and dominates things and lets my hackers dominate things. And, Oh, did you finally kill the the tag? Cool. Here's the two wound heavy infantry with an HMG that pops out of it and continues to go ham with all of the tactical awareness and all of the other cool advantages <laughs> that, you know, you would normally lose once the tag itself goes away. So, uh, sure. it's been a lot of fun and catches people off guard cause they never expect to see the iguana. Apparently it's true. The iguana is definitely kind of fallen out of favor a bit. I do wish I had one more pip of armor. 
I feel yeah. like that would make it feel much better. It's the uh, only size seven tag that is below armor seven. Right, exactly. Which just feels kind of strange to me. Yeah, yeah like, even the the Anaconda got bumped up to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be and seven. Ge- and Gecko's got bumped up to six anyway, so yeah. it kind of disincentivizes them in, in their home in Corregidor. So yeah, yeah, I can see why it's not necessarily in favor, but it just really, definitely has some fun kit, which I think is interesting. And it is my tag option for foreign companies, so, yeah. you know. Right, at some point, you know. It's relatively inexpensive for what it does. But I I think it's a lot of the, not the, uh, being a main attack piece part. Because, like, it has an HMG, but it's just, it's a basic HMG. So, like, it's supposed to go 14. Like, it can do okay, but I think it's the other utility with it being a repeater that, and having the longevity of being essentially a four-wound model, that is why I've been using it a lot and getting fairly good results out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you start kind of building those synergies around it, it makes a big difference. Like I yeah, I really feel it. Like it's so if you fight those really high armor targets or just someone who happens to be rolling moderately well, uh, you know, a standard HMG can get hung up on an armor five plus model mm-hmm. fairly easily in some cases. Yeah. Like I I've been playing Tunguska still. Uh kind of coming to grips with them over the last year and yeah i played them in my most re- i played a salamandra in my most recent game and a heavy infantry you know bs 13 14 hmg was firing at it for about six orders seven orders in a row and eventually managed to deal to structure to it and it was still standing and i didn't even end up needing to repair it by the time my turn came around. It just mowed down the HMG that was shooting at him on on his turn on active. and proceeded to walk around the rest of the table and pick them all off. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's it's rough where we're at currently not having armor piercing on some of your what are supposed to be your heavy hitters because it feels like it's it can it can be pretty easy to get stuck just bang your head against a metal wall of whatever it happens to be usually tags, but other stuff too. Sometimes like, I don't know how many games. Sorry. That... Yes. Exactly. I was going to say how many games you and I have played with like, <laughs> put order after order <laughs> into a Surya and it's not going away. I'm like, I hit it three times. What do you want from me? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but as far as tonight goes and Talking about initiative, why don't we start off just at a very, very high level, sort of, what do you expect to gain? What are your general advantages versus your disadvantages? Just bullet points for taking initiative and going first or taking second turn. Um, Ian, what do you think? So the advantages of going first is that you get generally full access to all of your pieces, all of your orders. Uh, I say generally because your opponent can spend a command token to strip two orders from one of your pools. Uh, but, you know, even if you they're doing that and you have built your list uh, to knowing that, like, you, you can get around that a little bit, especially if you have some tack aware or NCO or some stuff in the list to be allow you to get those extra orders that you need uh, to be successful in the first turn. Uh, but because you have full access to everything, it allows you to more fully leverage your strengths during that first turn because you haven't taken any casualties. Uh, it gives you the, the, the options to uh, reduce your opponent's ability to resist, to start setting up uh, repeater networks or minefields or things like that to prevent them from getting to the objectives. So I think it, you know, going first is generally what most players, uh, if they win initiative, are going to choose. Obviously, mission dependent. Um, the advantage of going second, though, can is that you have, as long as you can weather the firestorm of what your opponent's going to throw at you, you have the last word on 
any objective scoring that happens to score at end of round or end of game. Uh, so, you know, zone of control, uh, area of operations uh, domination, or several other missions uh, where all the scoring happens at the very end of the game, you have that last chance to move models into zones or to flip objectives to your side to score those points and take it away from your opponent. Absolutely. Yeah, Any anything that Ian didn't hit on as far as like high-level stuff that you think of, Azoka? I think you hit it on the head, dude. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty good summation of what you can expect taking first or second turn. I, I think boiled down to its essence, it is first turn gives you agency, second turn gives you information. So whether that's in the form of your opponent is typically going to be deploying first, so you can see what they have and what they're deploying. Uh, you get perfect information, or nearly, besides hidden items, in terms of zone controls like you had mentioned, you know, how many objectives your opponent has scored up until this point, things like that. And obviously, if you're going first, you get to act first. Like You are doing something. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially, and that's something that it's kind of come up in the Escalation League that we've run, where I think, uh, I'd have to double check the numbers, but effectively, uh, for people who have chosen, or who've won the initiative role, I want to say 85 plus percent chose initiative and anyone who chose initiative to go first, obviously. Um, so yeah, so it's very, very prevalent because I think that it's so easy to capitalize on the poor deployment. It's, it's much easier to be the aggressor and take your couple models and strike hard, strike fast. And if your opponent isn't good at deploying yet, it's much, much more difficult for them to hold out against that and so there weren't there were very very few games that were closed out on turn one because i took a record as far as you know when did the game end if it ended prematurely and you know most of the time it was bottom of two if it ended early at all so a lot of games end at bottom of two yeah. just like conceding or retreat uh, a combination yeah usually retreats uh, but a lot of times you know who wouldn't play out their retreat turn, they would just call it, um, which is to their detriment in some cases. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of power in being able to say, I'm definitely going to get to go, and I'm going to do something. Yep. You get the choice of which of your attack pieces you get to use. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so, generally speaking, I, mean, I think that we can largely agree that taking first turn is very powerful and is probably more powerful than taking second turn, even with some of the advantages that second turn brings you in terms of information. Um, is that something that you guys kind of feel the same? Like, are, are you normally take first turn or take second turn? I, I know you're probably not win initiative, choose initiative, choose to go second, probably. <laughs> But otherwise, are you? Do you typically go into your games looking forward to having first or second turn, however it gets to you? Probably not by that sequence of choices. For me, it's always the worst when my opponent wins initiative and they choose deployment, because then I have to start. Then I have to grump because I like going second, personally. Sure. Um a lot of the lists that I typically end up playing are poised to take advantage of going second. And that, that that's like having a heavy duty ARO piece, mm -hmm. like kind of like we were talking about, like, like a hard tag to get through or, or uh, close range, like midfield pieces that you just don't want, want to really tango with because you might be trading a model. Um, so I like going second, but double handicapping myself, if I'm not confident and there's a lot of things that go into that, then I don't want to pick second, even though I like playing second, um, which is which ends up being really weird because like the things that help me be confident, I think we're planning on touching on. It's like. List uh, or, or like. Faction versus faction. Um, 
kind of like breakdown, right? How totally. the table is, what the mission is, and who my opponent is. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I can oftentimes kind of suss out the skill of my opponent in our first interaction. And that's just like, I don't have like some crazy intuition or anything. I've certainly been wrong, but it kind of helps ease into the confidence of picking second and being comfortable going there. And so just to kind of hang on that point for just a moment, because I find it personally interesting, is that because what are you gauging that off of? Is that confidence of your opponent or, um, you know, how talkative they are or it's, it's a lot of confidence. Um, generally like everybody's really friendly for the most Mm -hmm. part at, uh, at all of the events. So we're always, you know, like talking about it and stuff. And at, at least in the earlier games, it's, it's a little easier to do. Um, or I guess it kind of kind of sticks throughout all because later in the tourney you're getting, you know, generally the more skilled you're facing if you're playing high, you know, like scoring well. Um, sure. But you're so like you said, it's confidence for me, like kind of ha- it's linguistics in a way, you know, it's like the choice of words used in the like interactions kind of uh, is is what I not necessarily focus on but what my intuition hits on to tell me to kind of give me some guidance. Okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Um, Ian, what about you? How, what's your, your philosophy for initiative? Uh, I follow the Cobra Kai philosophy strike first, strike hard, <laughs> no mercy. Um, so I will, if I win initiative, I will, or I will pick initiative and go first. Almost every single time. Um, if it, it's a very rare circumstance where I will pick to go second, and that's going to be down to if my opponent does not appear to be very skilled, um, you know, especially if it's early, early in the tournament where it's random. Um, for some reason, I almost always get paired up against some player that's played like three games ever at a major tournament for the first game. Um, so if, if I'm playing against somebody that, you know, isn't very experienced, um, oftentimes, especially if the mission is something that scores at end of round or end of game, I will choose to go second um or i'll choose deployment and make them de- you know deploy first or whatever and then they'll choose to go first like there's a little bit of a right. give and take on that but um you know and that's an opportunity because in that particular situation uh i find that i kind of default back to uh because it because it's going to be almost a foregone conclusion as to what the outcome of the game will be I dial it back into like this is a, a, a training game. This we're gonna we're gonna learn. We're gonna go over stuff because I've gotten a lot of people that have you know played very few games and they don't understand all the interactions and stuff. So, you know, I said it, it, it's a foregone conclusion that I'm going to win that game in most cases. But I want to make sure that they are having a good time. That they are learning from that game and learning the interactions. Sure. Um, so that that's like a, a specific kind of situation where I will go second. Um, other than that, like I, said, I want to go first. I want to go first every time. Uh, active turn is powerful. I design my lists generally to be very uh, go first, active turn, you know, alpha strike kind of capability. Uh, not necessarily that that is what happens, but I have a, a plan when I'm building the lists for what's going to happen, especially if we're prepping for a tournament and I know the missions. Um, I also have a backup plan for if I'm going second. Uh, but my ideal goal is if I get, I win, I go first, I spend my first turn hampering your ability to contest the game. I spend my second turn 
grabbing the objectives, and you may or may not have a th have a, a third turn, uh, depending on whether I've put you in retreat or not. That is kind of my goal. I mean, sometimes it's a situation where I can I just grab all the objectives in the first turn and then spend my second turn pushing you off the table. That's kind of depends on the situation, but uh, I will go first almost every time if I have the option. Sure. And it makes sense. Like you said, there's definitely a lot of, of power to be found there. So typically for those that, and I would say I'm, more so in Azoka's camp. A lot of times I like going second because I like having the information, mm. uh, particularly if the mission incentivizes it. If it doesn't, then that kind of goes out the window. And I think that's part of why mission design is so important in this decision, because otherwise there's not really a good reason to take second if the mission doesn't incentivize it. Uh, even factions that would be considered very strong at defense. Like you think, um, you know, maybe Varuna still or Spiral Heck. Toha. Um, yeah, Tartary Armor Corps. Uh, you know, those factions, even then, you know, maybe they want to go second. But that's not a, a hard and fast rule by any stretch. And I would say even someone who, or even a faction that kind of prefers to let the enemy kind of kill themselves in ARO, you probably half the time you want to go second on the high end. And if you're not one of those factions that plummets to, you probably want to go second, maybe 10% of the time or less. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, not that I have any hard and fast numbers to back that up, but that's just kind of a general inclination. I think that as far as how I've seen most people play, uh, most people prize going first because of that. So, is there any of your factions that you play where that changes? Like, which ones do you play where you would choose to go second? Almost exclusively, it's by mission for me. Okay. Uh, regardless of what faction I play. There are some times where the faction, like if you go the other route, um, like Rama comes to mind as a faction that's known for not being able to absorb Alpha Strikes very well at all. And I think that that's largely true. Uh, they have a lot of pieces that are generally on the softer side, uh, but are very strong active turn. So something like that. Like, okay, well, I might not have a lot to go off of if I don't take first, if I have the opportunity. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, it's almost entirely mission for me. I, I if the mission has, if the mission has entirely or even mostly end of game or end of round scoring, I usually prefer to go second uh, because I like knowing exactly what needs to be done. I agree. Uh, now, that's been to my detriment plenty of times. <laughs> but uh, I, I like working with that information. It kind of helps me parse the game a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, perhaps players far better than I are better at, at those, you know, chessboard states of planning multiple moves ahead. And if I had more of that, maybe I wouldn't have the same opinion. <laughs> oh, it's no. still, it's impossible to do. Yeah, with Infinity, it's it's very, In a very dice difficult. game. Well, yeah, especially because you know you can have units that just don't activate at all, or you can have units that activate, you know, tons of times during the game. So it's like you, you can't really you, you can predict to some extent in terms of what units are most valuable and what are likely to be doing things. But yeah, beyond that, it can be very tricky. So I like having that extra information on those sorts of missions. But if the mission doesn't care about it, I don't care about it. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know if there really is that much incentive for going second outside of end of game slash end of round scoring. Even factions that, like I said, can provide a very formidable ARO presence. I still don't think that that's enough to want to go second for the majority decap. of players, I would guess. Yeah. And like the mission decap, I don't know if I'd want mm -hmm. to go second on decapitation. Sure. Not unless like I'm playing something that would want to bait my opponent in. Sure. Like a lot of, I, I don't know. I think of maybe like Noctifers. 
as as a mm-hmm. tool to use when you want to go second because you just that. that allows you the opportunity to take advantage of a misplay right and did not cost you any orders which is you know kind of best of both worlds yeah so with that in mind how often during your respective infinity careers would you say that you have chosen the double handicap? And for those who aren't aware, the double handicap is when a player is both deploying first, so they give up all of the information to their opponent, and acting second. So your opponent gets to counter-deploy you and gets to go first. It's what we typically refer to as a double handicap. Uh, how many times would you say that you guys have done that approximately? I know that's hard to judge. Never. I have done it yep, that makes it tournament. Easy. Twice. Yeah, I, I think I'm about there too. Like I've done it a couple times in in any sort of event. Uh, in, in terms of like pickup games, it might have happened a couple more times. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, I, I could probably count on one hand the number of times it's actually happened. And so what kind of, and I guess, Ian, you don't really have a lot to contribute to this part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so what has kind of contributed to that decision? What what made you look at the table? What was what about the board state? What about your opponent? What went into saying, yeah, I'm just going to eat it. That's, this is how we have to go. So uh, Ian brought up something important that I want to discuss, which is planning, right? So, mm-hmm. There, when you walk up to your infinity table, you want to have a plan on what you're going to do, you know, uh, for the mission there. You can formulate that ahead of time by looking at the table uh, or other thing, other means. And in my instance, it has been a. Uh, I was playing my my kind of like. Big beef list where I've gotten overdrawn and the Suryat which is really hard to deal with and the mission scored uh, in favor of the player going second. So I have ahead of time looked at the mission list and decided kind of how I wanted to play the, the games and my opponent, their faction and then the table and everything did not convince me to not go second and i i wish i could remember if if i won that game or not um but my memory is garbage so i do not (laughs) that's fair especially with the sheer number of games it could be hard to to keep track of some of those details for sure yeah and and i agree i think a lot of it is coming down to okay i have a plan for this that will help like i'm prepared to go second and you know, because of the reasons we've already talked about, it's very easy to get second turn if you want it. <laughs> if you don't win the initiative roll, you're probably going to get it. And if you do wish win the initiative roll, you could choose to just take it. And usually that comes, like Ian said, in the form of uh, forcing your opponent to start deploying, in which case they'll then take first turn. That's, yeah. I would say, of the times that I have gone second, uh, while winning the initiative roll, that is 98% of the time or more. <laughs> Yeah, I also want to say that, like, for opponents, I may have seen an opponent deploy, like, choose the double handicap once. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I feel it's, like... it's few and far between. Exactly. Yeah, and even for someone like you and I, who oftentimes prefer to go second, and I guess before I speak out of turn, do you normally like to go second because of missions or because of you know biting AROs that you have or a combination or something else? It's kind of a combination, but usually it's because of missions. Almost yeah. basic almost every mission is going to benefit going second. Mm-hmm. I mean we we talked about it and you have missions like decap and firefight that mm-hmm. really benefit going first and to be fair, there is also plenty of missions out there now that that do benefit from going first that are even scoring second, like cryogenics now, sure. um, which is rather unfortunate. Frostbite. But that's yep. Yeah. Frostbite exactly is a is a really big one. Um, so it's for me, it's a lot of thinking about how to win the mission de- decides if I want to go 
second. I just find that we usually end up playing missions that more often than not benefit from going second. Yeah, definitely the majority of ITS, I would say probably without going through each mission. So I'm sure someone will will actually check. But I would say that probably about 70% of the missions uh, have end of turn or end of round scoring that benefits the second player. Some of them are only partially so, and some of them are entirely so. But I would say that that's probably they're def- I would say that the majority is is likely off the top of my head. But yeah, and I think that that's the main incentive, and I think that that is a good incentive. I think that's the sign of a better mission that it gives the second player an advantage because of how powerful the first turn is, and so. Uh, all of us have played several factions or more. Uh, has faction alone been enough to change your decision? Where, again, you're probably not taking initiative and choosing second, but are there any factions that you play? I know you mentioned Onyx, Azoka, and I have a feeling I already know the answer, Ian. But are there <laughs> any factions that uh, make you feel like, yeah, yeah, I think I'd like to get second with this faction or this this particular list of said faction. I think so, absolutely. For me, there is totally wants to go second, like in a mm-hmm. faction. Um, but I, I would want to say that for me, it's more strong the opposite way, where certain factions or lists they're in make me want to go first. Sure, I could totally see that. And Ian, does does the inclination ever cross your mind? <laughs> um, very rarely. And honestly, it's um, <clears throat> if I'm playing like Tartary, then if I have built a list that is leaning super, super, super heavy into being nearly all camo, then mm. it is sometimes tempting to go second, uh, depending on what my opponent is running. And that ties into, like, my, you know, I said, have a plan for if you have to go second when you want to go first. And that plan for me is whichever way I'm deploying or however it is, doesn't matter. It's that I'm trying to force my opponent to expend as many orders as possible for no gains. Mm hmm. Absolutely. In when they go first. So Tartary with all of the camel markers that they can put out, especially with how many uh, extra ones they can put out from decoy and mine layer and different things like that. Uh, you can easily get, you know, 20, 25 camel markers on the board in a list. And yeah, absolutely. You know, so, your opponent. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, like Shazvasti can also do a lot of the same stuff. So that'd be another one I would consider, but it's just, you know, you, you put your opponent into the, the haunted house of jump scares of like, I'm going (laughs) to do a thing and like, what's going to pop out at me if anything. And I've seen some extreme analysis paralysis or, um, really extreme expenditure of orders to skirt around camo markers uh, by my opponents because they don't know what it is and they think it's something that's like way nastier than what it actually might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, like you talked about information, it's like, cool. I've given you no information then other than that something might be here. Yeah. And doing that allows me to waste my opponent's orders. Uh, even if I don't have camel markers, you know, if I do end up going second, like a lot of it is, me deploying in ways that if if you want to deal with me you're going to have to expend extra orders to come dig me out of a position up close which just works to my advantage when i go next because you're closer to me (laughs) yeah definitely so i think that it's fairly common to have an idea of okay this is a list you know i'm going to an event i'm And I have this list, and generally speaking, I think I would want to go first with this. Or I definitely want to go first with this. Um, Or sometimes, you know, like 
uh, like non-Ians, where we might want to go second. And it's like, okay, I think that this list can really benefit from wasting that that first turn. Um, what factors, if you already have that plan in mind from list building, we're going to assume that you know the lineup of missions ahead of time, as that's most common at events. When you get to the when you get to your table, you see the terrain, you see who you're playing, you exchange, you know, which faction or sectorial you're playing. Which of those or combination of those makes you turn that plan around? When when do you find yourself being like, oh, I, I can't go first into into that table or into that opponent, or I can't afford to take second against so and so, or what sorts of things make you reverse your plan that you kind of had going in, but your your preconceptions were initially? So I guess for for me, as I'm the only relevant <laughs> one, maybe you you and I, uh, it's got to be opponent and table are the big ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a faction that I look at where I'm like, ah, now I have to go first. Um, yeah, but. If my opponent is better than me, either by me knowing it or by me thinking it, um, I want to take advantage of this. I want to hit hard. That way they can't play at their fullest, right? Mm -hmm. I want to make them struggle to play against me because that'll maybe even the field or something. Um, Or if the table is just like super fitting to like if if my if if I was playing against Ian and his uh um Cosmo list that he ran last year at Salt Lake Showdown I would uh if I was like planning on going first for the mission and then we rolled up on a completely open table I would be like dude I'm going to go second all day come at me because it it just countered him so hard Ideally, you will never be in that situation because hey, that's really bad table design. We but. were in that situation, and I did <laughs> <Yes>. beat you <laughs> on that specific situation. So, but that's that's what will come up to me in that like to come and think of it, correct or otherwise. Apparently, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you never really can tell. But yeah, in any any surprise turnabouts where you decided that like. I'm going first. Oh, oh crap! Now, nope, can't go first now. Uh, not not really. Um, I think on the reverse side of it, like if you're going first, you're usually deploying first. And while that mm-hmm. does give your opponent all the information, I have had games, uh, including at major tournaments against extremely good players, where uh, they had a hard time deploying because I had deployed first and I left them with nowhere to really deploy on those tables uh because of lines of fire i had with you know hmgs or sniper rifles or whatever uh where they just did not have good spots to deploy so they had to deploy like super deep in their own deployment zone just to find a spot where i wouldn't be able to see them immediately so you know it, it can go both ways on that yeah yeah that's understandable and i'm kind of in a similar boat where even if you know, I'm assuming missions that incentivize second turn. I think that most of the time, and probably incorrectly, most of the time I try and stick to my guns on that. But yeah, I would say that the main thing for me is usually... No? Oh, I'm just thinking about it. I like last year's Krug. I played Ruben <laughs> uh, from Mo Games and uh, Poly Nikes, and I, I went second, and I got speculated off the table. So I should have gone first. <laughs> yeah, speculos is a hard one too, because like if you go first and you're like, "All right, I got to discover you," and then you discover and you roll a like a twenty or something, you're just like, "Well, I'm gonna spend seven more orders trying to discover you," or at least get in a situation where you could set up enough AROs. Yeah, yeah. If you get the option to go first. If you're going second, like they go where they want to go. It's mm-hmm. you know, you have to have some very specific tools to make that not the case. Yeah. Um, or extremely so yeah. good deployments where if they do reveal they're going to be taking multiple arrows. 
Right, where they're yeah. only taking one of your troops out. Yeah. Well, when it was a 99-point lieutenant tag, it didn't really matter. Uh, that <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. No, because I, yeah. I had uh, it wasn't More a speculo, moved. but it was a fide um, that got sent into my blackjack Harris. But I had deployed in such a manner of overlapping coverage that there was no way that he could approach a single blackjack without mm-hmm. getting arrows from at least the other two, if not other models on the table. Sure. And the fide put a single wound on a blackjack and ceased to exist. <laughs> Yeah, and fides are certainly powerful, but are yeah. less scary because they can't yeah. they can't easily trade up into anything. Like if you take mm-hmm. a fide, there is no fide that is going to go into a full main battle tag and take it out in one hit with any degree of reliability. It's not impossible, yeah. but oh. it's very close. Yeah, it's uh, it's da weapon critting mm-hmm. and you failing all three saves with full armor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even against then, that's, like ph thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, like it, it's it's something that is just ludicrously unlikely to happen. Whereas a speculo, uh, yeah, you know, and you're it's, sweating, right? It's got a pretty decent chance to kill whatever the thing is, uh, with few exceptions. And yeah. anything that would be an exception, it's not going to go near. Yeah, it's not going to go against a total immunity model. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we've kind of established that you know, first turn is very powerful for a number of reasons. Like that agency gives you a lot of control over the pacing of the game. So let's say you are in a situation where you lose the initiative role and your opponent has chosen initiative. If you are going second, how do you handle someone going first? We kind of mentioned briefly, like, oh yeah, if you can weather the storm then you're fine. If you can if you can take that alpha strike, you're fine. How do you get to that spot where you mm-hmm. can take such an alpha strike? And I know there's so many variables involved mm-hmm. with that, but kind of general broad strokes. Well, first, if your opponent is taking initiative, you get deployment. So you're getting to choose which side of the table they're going to deploy on. And this can be important... Because sometimes the choice of deployment zone isn't so much about the advantage it gives you as the disadvantage it gives your opponent, whether that's sure. uh, routes of advance to reach objectives or uh, sniper towers, you know, things like that. Sometimes you just don't want your opponent to have something. And mm-hmm. this, I had a game uh, a few Krugs ago where this came up. Um, I was running Merovingia. We were playing uh, Frontline. My opponent was Combined Army, Vanilla, and running the Avatar. And I just do not have the tools to deal with that model in particular in Merovingia. He won the the role. He chose to go first. So Avatars are want to do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. On both counts. <laughs> this literally cost him the game. Because I looked at the table, and the table had a pair of towers that were probably 12 or 13 inches tall. They were pretty tall. Uh, One in the one side's deployment zone, the other in the center of the board. And there was a bridge linking them. So I said, nope, you are going to deploy on the side that doesn't have this. So he deploys, and then I just proceeded to deploy my five-man core team prone on top of the first tower, and then just shimmied them prone to the center of the table and left them there. And he had no weapons that was speculative fire to reach me. He would have had to spend multiple turns trying to climb said tower to get to me. And I just ignored the avatar and let it stomp around the board, you know, dealing with my camo markers. Yep. And as you know, and then like last turn, I bring in Margo and Durok into his back line, take out all of his guys and capture the far zone. So we each captured a far zone, but I also held the center zone. And because he literally gave me the option to have that, tower and the way it would present itself in that game is why he lost um 
know, this was a situation looking at the table where in retrospect, had I won initiative, I might have actually just taken deployment anyway, because sure. it was such a one-sided, yeah, it was such a one-sided table. <laughs> and it was something that we did talk to the tournament organizers or, or at least I did about, and, um, I love the response. It was, well, who won initiative? Well, he did. Well, then he chose poorly. <laughs> I went. <laughs> That's one way Done. to do it. Right? All right. I'm uh, dropping the conversation and we're good. <laughs> so, yeah. So obviously table can play a very large role in that. What, what resources do you have available to you at this table? What vantage points do you have? Or you know, like you said, what vantage points can you deny your opponent in these instances? Uh, but that's something you can't control, right? You don't know what you're going. You don't even know what all the tables are going to look like going into an event, much less say you're going to be on a table that has a significant enough advantage to make that sort of a difference. Um, but I agree, that's definitely an option, but one that you can't count on for yeah, sure. But I'm saying it's the first option because you. If they're taking uh, initiative, you're getting deployment. So picking Absolutely. the the more advantageous side for yourself, you know, especially with routes of advance to objectives or good spots where you can hide your models to make them really hard to dig out, mm-hmm. that's the first step. And then, like I said, it's going to be how do I neutralize their force and whether that is not necessarily killing models, but making their turn as inefficient as possible in like making it so that they have to spend multiple orders to accomplish anything that their efficiency goes down so much that they are not able to remove more than you know, a token handful of my models before I get to go at best, you know, how many, you know, things can I, you know, get them to waste where I have camo markers or, you know, you put that sniper or HMG or whatever, uh, in a, in a critical lane, but it's in such a manner that they have to spend orders to physically move to engage you, but also in a manner that, is going to make it hard for them to do a coordinated order. So they got to come at you one at a time. Things like that are mm-hmm. very important for weathering the storm. So they say, so it's sure. wasting their orders, making them not able to accomplish things. Um, there's something to be said for null deployment, uh, depending on the table in your list and the admission uh, that may have be greater or lesser success of just giving your opponent free reign during the first turn. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be very situational. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Zoka? What sort of tips do you have for going in and taking second turn either by series of choices or by getting saddled with it? How do you, how do you survive your opponent's first turn? I like setting up baits, uh, which is putting a potentially juicy model in a vulnerable position that, like Ian says, requires a lot of orders to get to, but would probably be worth it, worth it. And then you can take advantage of that situation. Like uh, against, I, I like this trick against like speculos and fides. I'll put, you know, a, a link team or something with one of the first guys that's easy to pick off on a building that's just barely 12 inches up. So he like I'm 12 inches up on the building just barely. And then there's an open platform for the next like four inches where you could set up your speculo or for day just comfortably up there. And you're like, sweet, I can take advantage. of. I can pop that guy, you know, right off right off the table and then putting it in a situation where once they do that, then they're not going to get much else either because they're going to be spending a lot of orders recamoing and moving maneuvering uh, around everybody. Or by having an like a hidden deployment arrow to take advantage of that situation, um, I really feel the value of hidden deployment arrows, like uh, your snipers, which a lot of factions have access to, um, mm-hmm. or or camo troopers, even even if they're not necessarily the best model on the table because of you know BS eleven isn't really that good, but BS eleven outside of cover turns into fourteen, which is pretty solid. 
Um, and just catching, catching your opponent with their pants down is very valuable. And whenever I'm going second in those situations, that's kind of something that I'm trying to prioritize and focus on while, while I'm deploying, you know, if I'm going second, I'm probably deploying second as well. So I will be trying to set those up, you know, while, while in deployment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I would say that. And again, it kind of boils down to a deployment tactic. But I think one thing that I've found helpful is kind of deploying things in layers. Like you have things that are better suited to mid or short range engagements and are ideally, you know, less expensive troopers and the like, kind of covering the sort of uh, front end of your deployment zone. And then behind that, you know, you have some combi rifle troopers that are able to cover those short distances. Maybe you have some mine layers uh, and basically just setting it back. And then you have your long range pieces that don't post up on rooftops, but post on the ground and try and catch longer sight lanes only in certain directions. Like maybe there's a commanding tower where you can see half the board, but you know, as we've talked about before, the more you can see, the easier it is for your opponent who's taking first turn to take whatever their best tool is to deal with that. So deploying down to the ground or other similar positions where you have more limited but focused lines of fire, I think can be very beneficial where particularly if you have some sort of notable advantage in ARO, um, in terms of how ARO models go, obviously, the overall advantage is still with the active player, as it should be to some extent, since they're spending the resources. But, you know, things that come to mind are like neurosynthetic models, like Sin Eaters or Helots or things like that. Or if you can find a Mimetism 6 model that you can put in suppressive fire with a command token in a relatively short area, things like that that are going to absorb orders and it it lets you not seed the board entirely because then i think that because there's been so much null deployment uh, particularly last season it's a lot easier and people have kind of found tools to oh okay well lots of people are doing this well i'm going to take these brand new motorized bounty hunters or other bikes i have or take drop troops or fire pitchers downfield or you know some other tactic that okay normally this would be risky but i can get this done in a couple of orders and start going to town with my guided missile launcher or my multi-template biker or you know whatever the case may be so with that said would you guys say that first turn is overly powerful has it become like a nearly correct choice to make as in if you have initiative and are going to you know assuming there's not a dire need to choose deployment it sounds like kind of the the default choice as it were is to select initiative and to go first would either of you guys agree with that ian I know for my personal play styles where I, depending on faction, um, but generally I tend to uh, be very aggressive and go for my opponent right off the bat. Going first is, yes, generally my default option. But that said, uh, I have lost plenty of games going first especially in missions that incentivize going second. Mm -hmm. And I have won plenty of games going second. So I, I think that there is a balance. Yes. I think that first turn going first is slightly more powerful overall, but I think that a lot of this comes down to the skill levels of the players and how you have deployed. Um, You know, I, I know that, for me, even going first, I generally tend to deploy all my stuff prone, 
because I've been counter deployed too many times where, you know, uh, two guys in a fire team will be up and my opponent will have three arrows. So the moment I activate anything, like they're shooting the other guy and I'm losing my fire team bonuses because they're willing to make that sacrifice or, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's learning things like putting all my guys prone, even if I'm going first, so that I retain the agency of when and where they're seen and to negate the counter deployment. Um, even going second, you know, it's learning what to keep up and what to keep down in which areas. Uh, because, you know, you can throw everything up to throw out arrows, but if your opponent can get multiple eyes on one of your models, they can coordinate order to deny you the ability to split your burst because you can't do that in ARO and take out your model with one of the other guys that's unopposed then. Uh, so make, make that as hard as possible by deploying it, you know, on the ground, covering a specific fire lane and try to, instead of trying to see the whole board. I think there's a lot of different tactics and counterplay that goes into whether first turn or second turn is better. And I think it's a lot of it comes down to individual, uh, your play, your faction, your play style, the mission. Uh, there's just a lot of factors here. And while yes, going first and first turn is an advantage, I don't feel it is an insurmountable one for the player going second, especially if they've, planned well, deployed well, and are playing well, uh, I feel that any faction can go second and win any mission. So so if you had to quantify that, it sounds like you'd say, okay, the advantage of going first versus the uh, advantage of going second is probably a 55-45 or a 60-40 split is kind of what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. And I, I, I think like it, it's a little more extreme than the chess analog, but in people talk about chess being a perfectly balanced game, but statistics show that white has a slightly higher win per chance because they're going first. They're setting the pace of the game. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a little larger of a gap here than it is in chess, but I don't feel that it is too powerful overall i feel that a lot of this still comes down to player choice and player agency and the choices that you're making on the tabletop fair enough uh, what about you azoka where do you think that advantage disadvantage lies so similarly i think that there's too many factors to, to take into account to say that first turn is overpowered mm. though i i would say that if you removed if if the mission lineup was annihilation, decap, and firefight, going first would one hundred percent be overpowered. So I think that I would I would you know say, and this is much to how everybody that I talk to believes, the advantage of infinity is its mission structure, and that is really what balances first turn. Because I've been thinking what I would do to balance first turn, because Going first definitely is too like is very strong, and I would argue in some cases it can be too strong. But what would you do to fix that? Uh, okay, maybe you make like the command token usage to strip orders, strip three orders instead of two, or do other drastic wild changes like reducing burst or other crazy things that would just ultimately change the game and change the meta of the game too dramatically. I think that infinity is in a very healthy, healthy place and making changes to go away from the first turn being as good as it is needs to be handled in the mission structure. I would largely agree with that. I think that the missions is where the majority of that comes from, because that's where you see the incentive to potentially go second. Um, I am generally in the camp of I think that the that first turn has probably gotten slightly out of hand. I don't think that it is game-breaking, but I do think that it is a notable advantage that all of the things yeah. being equal, the person going first has a notable advantage uh, if they take first turn. Uh, again, that doesn't mean that every time someone goes first, they're going to win. Obviously not. But I think that it's a strong enough advantage that most players want it, 
And if the mission doesn't give you an incentive to the counter, you're going to take it because there is no other downside other than that, uh, effectively speaking. So I think that it probably could be reeled in a little bit. I think offhand without without giving it a tremendous amount of thought. I think it might be interesting to have command token spends for second player. You can select any number of them that you want. I think not, that would be cool. Oh, not the same one more than once. Uh, we don't need to strip eight orders <laughs> out of someone's order pool. <laughs> but, uh, no turn but for you. you. Right, yeah. It's like you're done. <laughs> Just stop. I mean, uh, to be fair, Dexter used to pull crap back in N2. Like, he'd have to go first when he didn't want to. And he'd just get, okay, cool. Uh, I spend no orders. Your turn. And he'd just sacrifice his first <laughs> turn so he, so he wouldn't have to move first. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how well that would go at this point. Uh, he usually won. But, yeah, it was a different game back then. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that that could be an interesting uh, lever to play with. It's like, okay, you can activate each uh, strategic use of command tokens up to once. Or I think that would be cool. Maybe, and or maybe give the option or remove the option for starting player to keep an extra reserve model. And that actually takes away a lot of potentially brutal combos. Like, say, Jan Star with a Symbiomate and Symbiobomb in your deployment zone. That can't be done if you can only hold one reserve. Like, and, you know, there are other ones that are less reliant on that and just get better by having more models. Um, but I know that Andrew and I have both played, okay, well, we have a Marut, which has strategist level two. We can keep an extra reserve. Post-humans count as one drop. going to spend a command token to keep a third <laughs> reserve. And you get to see my flashbots and net rods. Yep. Yeah. So and here's like my six reserve models. <laughs> exactly. So so some of those strategies would be mitigated or even removed if that was not a strategic option. Like basically first turn doesn't need any strategic options. Your strategic option is you're going first. <laughs> yes. So I, I think those would those would be I, I think those are potentially interesting ways without changing the format of the game or modifying how things currently work, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, these are changes to rules, but it's using things that are already in the game. And I think that could be some benefit. I think that would be interesting to kind of do some testing with. But I think with that, we're going to move on. Just before our final thoughts, we want to give a quick plug for our Patreon page. Uh, so if you are willing and able to support the show, uh, we'd love for you to take a look at that. Uh, it helps us continue the show, get equipment, and you know, keep things hosted and running. And it gives you some cool benefits in return. Uh, so we do things like exclusive channels on our Discord that uh, are patrons only. Uh, you have early access to episodes at certain tiers and other similar benefits. So everything that is contributed by all of our patrons, which thank you for those who currently support the show, all of that goes completely back into costs for the show. So none, none of us are doing this for the paycheck, but we greatly appreciate those of you who are able to kind of help um, subsidize some of these costs so that we're not also paying to do the show, at least not very much. Uh, and as far as our Discord goes, even if you're not a patron, we'd love to have you on our Discord. So if you're looking for just somewhere to chat Infinity, uh, you want to talk about, we have some new threads for recent episodes. So if you want to talk about something focused, such as what you thought of this episode or your ideas for handling first turn um, or how you handle initiative choices, it's a great place for that. Uh, people show off paint schemes all the time. Uh, talk about lists, new players joining the community and looking for looking for questions and tips and the like. So it's kind of a, a good catch-all place for Infinity, and we'd love to have you. So with that said, Azoka, Ian, what are your final thoughts on selecting initiative? Let's go with Ian. Oh, well, I, I think that there's a lot of factors that go into this, uh, whether... You need to go first because of how your list plays or 
you need to go second to score the mission. I think that there's just, there's a lot of uh, details that are going to be situational to the game at hand with the table, your opponent, and all kinds of other factors. Uh, so, you know, the more information you have, the the better to help you make the best decision that you can in that particular uh, encounter. Absolutely. What about you, Azoka? We can talk about this. And I can I could probably convince someone it could be worthwhile to choose to go second. But don't you ever dare choose to deploy first. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if you're choosing second, someone's probably going to make you deploy first. But if you if your opponent selects, hey, I'm going first, don't you be like, well, you know what? You can deploy second too. That's fair. I do not see a strategic advantage in that. Reasonable. Yeah. I think that there is no real use case for that series of events. But yeah, I think that the first turn is probably a little overly powerful. Again, not game breakingly so, but I think that there's enough an advantage there that all of the things being equal the player who took initiative and went first is more likely to win a given game. If, if deployment zones are fairly similar, if their skill levels are fairly similar, uh, if their factions are not mismatched in a significant way, uh, then I think that there's certainly advantage to that. So, and this is something that uh, we've kind of touched on before. And one of the things that Andrew had said was that if you were playing someone and you think that they are better than you, go first. Because, And I think that a large part of that is because it can start a bit of a gap. Uh, and in this case, you know, if you're playing someone better than you, it can kind of close that gap from you to them and kind of even the playing field a little bit, potentially. Again, Infinity is a game with a lot of, a lot of possibilities, a lot of interesting combinations. Uh, a lot of variables to where, yeah, a lot of nuance. You can't, you know, ultimately you can't truly predict the outcome of a game. Uh, but there's something to be said for taking the agency that you can, and especially for less experienced players, try and go first when you can, so you can at least get some of those actions in, you can start having an effect on the game. And for those that are, you know, highly seasoned players, I think it would be an interesting test to try and select going seconds more often. And I think that when you see things in the meta that are very difficult and hard to overcome, I think forcing yourself to confront those things repeatedly, though it might be a little discouraging at first, potentially, I think that that can really go a long way in helping you overcome a given obstacle. You know, if you're having trouble with tags, ask your opponent to bring tags more often, so that way you can kind of figure out what your faction can do to get over uh, to overcome those things. Or if you're having trouble with guided, you know, start playing with against people you know are using guided and see what you can do to overcome that. And so I think this is kind of another one of those scenarios where just Keep trying that if it's something that you're finding a lot of trouble with. For newer players, I think that getting the basics down first will go a longer way. But if you are a seasoned player and see a lot of those struggles, I think this can kind of help try and push through that hump. But on behalf of Metachemistry, this has been Devin, Azoka, and Ian. And that's the matter. <laughs>